RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You might have seen Canterbury grandfather, farmer, Leaston man, Neil Mugford, and his wife Sue's house. It's had plenty of attention thanks to a piece, I think, on Seven Sharp on TVNZ, the mainstream media. Anyway, this is a house with a difference, and we wanted to know more because it's actually an airplane, a jet airliner, in fact, retired Air Force 727, which uh, I think he picked up for, well, a song. Let's find out. Neil Mugford joins us now here at RCR. Hi, Neil. How are we doing? Good. What's it like living in an old airliner? Well, we're not quite living in it yet, but we're pretty close, so it's it's going to be yeah, yeah, a bit special. How far away are you from moving in then? Oh, we could be in in the next few weeks. We've just got a few finishing touches to do before we move in. Okay. All right. Well, it's um, it's a bit of history, that a- aircraft, not only for New Zealand, but it goes back further than that. I, I believe it's originally from United Airlines. So how did you come across it? Um, bit of a silly story. I just built a tree house for my grandchildren and I was looking for a set of stairs instead of making some. So I went on Trade Me to look for some stairs. I thought somebody might have some. Yep. And up popped the listing with a two-thirds of an aeroplane with stairs on the back of it. Yeah, because on that particular model, it has the uh, the air stairs at the back of the fuselage, right? You go up into the cabin That's right. through the back underneath the uh, rear engine and in that way, which is a bit different. It is, yeah, a bit unusual. I don't think there was too many built like that. So, yeah, we the yep. stairs listing came up and we sort of went from there. Do you know much about the history of this particular aircraft? Have you looked into it? Uh, from what we've been told, because we had to deal with the Air Force to, with the purchase of it and everything, they bought it in 1981 and it flew cargo and troops and prime ministers and the Queen supposedly did all that sort of work in its um, flying career until 2003. Right. And that was number one or number two? Because I think the Reggio... Number two. Number two, okay. Yeah, it's 7272. They actually bought yep. three. Did they tell you that? They bought three back in the day. Yeah, and they yeah. They three bought the one and two parts. and then... Yeah, Rick three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's an absolute classic aircraft because... And I know quite a bit about planes, so I get to <laughs> mouth off a bit here too. Um, so the seven two seven was the was the airliner, the jet airliner that brought jet airliner service to provincial um, cities in the US and around the world. So that was its claim to fame. It was a short haul airliner that could land uh, on short runways, very uh, slow because of the the wing. And I believe you've got one of the wings still, and um, but fly also very fast. So. It had quite. It was quite a game changer for regional uh, uh, aviation or airline services all around the world. Mm. Yeah, and no, I think too with the stairs, it could land in airplanes, airports that didn't have the facilities either at times. That's right. Yeah, they were sort of self-contained, and that wing is a um, piece of engineering. Um, well, it's a masterpiece of engineering. I know you've got one of the wings still on. Have you got it? Uh, um, the flaps out and all the control services displayed, or are they all stowed away? No, not not to that extent. It was uh, because it had all been cut off um, in a way that it wasn't sort of anticipated that anyone would want to put it back on again. We a lot of the controls and things are not there, so it right. just just yeah. looked like a normal wing. 
But yeah, the flats and that I think could almost reach the ground. So I'm told when it all came down. Yeah, it was like was trans- the, the original Transformer robot. Mm. Mm. Okay, and also yeah. um, um, I remember back in the day too because they were put to work as soon as they arrived before they were even painted in um, the Air Force colours and still had the United Airlines uh, colours on them. The, the first job was to move police around to um, cover the protests um, of the 1981 Springbok tour. So that's how far they go back. Oh, it would be that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't realise that. There's some photos of them sitting around waiting for loads of cops to be transported, you know, to Hamilton, to Christchurch, to Eden, et cetera. Okay, so you've got a good fair chunk of the aircraft. How much floor space are you going to have in there? Is it uh, is it quite spacious? Oh, the, yeah, because we, we stripped the fuselage right back and then just built some internal walls. So the, the aircraft body itself has, has still got one original toilet and another toilet, the original <laughs> toilets were at the back. Okay. Um, the other one's been converted to a shower and bathroom. And then there's two other bedrooms. And then we go out to the extension that we've built out the front, yeah. which is um, two rooms of about 50 square metres. So all up, we've got about 150 square metres. Well, you know you've got a solid structure because they're designed to fly at, what, 40,000 feet, 90% the speed of sound. <laughs> Uh, with a pressurised cabin, so they're pretty tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've passed all the consenting rules. Yeah, there was a few. Uh, we had to convince the council that it wasn't going to fall apart, but they've been very good, so, yeah. And it's, uh, I'm sure, since uh, especially the TV appearance, um, generated a lot of interest. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, we've um, certainly done that. We've had a uh, a lot of... People just coming in that have um, flown it or repaired it or just you know, because it's an old Air Force jet, there's an awful lot of people that remember it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, all the, the locals and everybody else that drives past have been keeping a good eye on what's been happening. And you've kept the colour scheme, I see? Yep. Yeah, we um, checked that the Air Force would allow us to have the roundel and everything on it, and it's it sort of looks... Much like it did, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It's uh, you've got it pretty close there. So, do you think it'll be, um, you know, a nice living experience? Does it feel good being in it? Oh, it does because we're virtually four meters off the ground in the extension as well, um, and an all-round view. It's yeah, it's a pretty uh, unique build, really, because you can look out all directions from one room. You might say. Yeah, so um, yeah, and, and on one side you're looking out over the yeah. wing, just like you're flying, right? <laughs> That's right, and from the extension side, on the other side, you can actually look down the plane. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, because we're outside it, you can actually look at the external part of the fuselage, from, which is a, a different sort of view again. Tell me, we, we kind of know what uh, regular houses cost, and I, I, I believe you got it for maybe a couple of hundred and a bit more off trade me but by the time you've sort of washed up is it a big spend or is the fact that it's, the the structure is so good anyway that that obviously you don't have to apart from the add-on but you don't have to do much to that i wouldn't have thought no the structure itself um the, the biggest issue um and cost to an extent has been the engineering for the mounts to hold the fuselage up 
Yeah. And also, of course, uh, because we built the extension of the roof the same shape as the plane, that was a lot of engineering involved in that too, because that's all steel structure that had to be rolled and bent and everything into suit. So overall, it's probably come out, it'll come out not much different than a normal build. You're a Hopefully. former farmer and and mechanic, anyway. The information I have, uh, yeah, um, yeah, still still farming to a degree. We've got uh, yeah Somerset Stables, which is an equestrian and racehorse on the farm still. Yep. So yeah, um, I'm prepared to try most things. The wing's still out there. You don't want like a, a 150 knot gust of wind come along because it'll probably try and take off on one side anyway. We've had some pretty good tests lately with the winds we've been having, and it flexes about 30 mil at the end. Yeah. Because it's mounted pretty solidly, so, yeah, no, nothing's going to move. I don't think we're going to start flying in circles or anything. <laughs> Wake up one morning and you're, you're not where you started yeah. out. Um, so you're yeah. going to get a lot of interest. Are you ready for people, you know, slow driving past and all, all of that? Oh, that's been happening all the time. Um, probably... Oh, on average, at least one a day. Yeah. Most of the time, there's somebody stopping, uh, and that's been going on since we dropped it in the paddock back in 2019. Really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, will you ever get it valued? Do you think? <laughs> Is that something that a regular real estate value could ever get their heads around? Well, yeah. I, I don't know what sort of um, category it would come under. The it's been. Treated as a relocated building. Yeah. So, um, I guess, well, we've got to get insurance, uh, some description, so we'll have to have a, a value on it for that somehow. Have you got any of the um, old engines still attached to it? I didn't look at No, that. I just made up the, the dummy engines. Oh, yeah. Um, we, right. we could have got an engine at the time, but it was about, I think, from memory, about another four and a half tonne or something to swing off the side of it or two and a half. But, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't think it was necessary. Okay, we well, this is, this is really cool. And I just noticed just looking around that um, this is quite a thing now in the US. People are buying up old airliners off the desert floor and converting them into, well, kind of doing what like what you've done, but with the, you know, the whole entire aircraft, you know? Mm. Yeah, there was, I looked at something recently of a fella in Alaska that's got a 727. And he's looking at getting another couple of, or no, he hasn't. He's getting a seven two seven. He's already done one or two already. So yeah, I guess it's a good use for them. Well, they're about two and a half, three thousand US dollars off the off the desert with uh, all the useful stuff taken out. So it's pretty cheap. The um, the cost is transporting them to where you need to have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we found that too, of course, because it was in Woodburn. It had to come down the Leeston from Blenheim, so it was. It was good fun, but yeah, it's just an added extra. Well, that would have attracted some attention as well, I can imagine. Oh, it did, yeah, especially when we took out a power pole and had a few other issues on the way. So, Well, um, if people are interested in seeing that, because I used to go and film those planes back in the day, if they go to YouTube, dial in Airside TV and uh, RNZAF 727-1 and 2, there's a whole lot of footage of that plane actually flying, landing at Wellington, flying about. So, just to prove that it did actually have a life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've we've got some photos that one of the locals gave us. He was at Woodburn when it landed for the final time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was their pretty special photos too. Really, they went all around the world with the Air Force. Those aircraft. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway. And of course, the 727 was the, the D.B. Cooper story, which obviously you yep. know. Yeah, I know that one. Yep, he, he jumped out. Yep. He did the he, – um, well, he hijacked the plane, got paid out the money in Seattle, didn't he, and then jumped out over Oregon somewhere. Mm, never yeah. to be seen again, supposedly. Through those back stairs. That's right. Yep. That's why there's a wee flap on the back of it that that comes across when you take off that stops them opening. It was a very high-tech fix by the look of it. Yeah, right. They didn't want that happening again. Though D.B. Cooper did – he did a second hijack as well, same um, same MO. Um, oh, okay. If you look into the history, right. yeah, out of uh, on the east side of the country that time. If you look into the story, I've got a guy I know in the States who's um, made a documentary into that. It's a really interesting story. He was a Vietnam vet in the end. Um, it turned out to be uh, long dead now. Yeah, D.B. Cooper. It's, uh, it's one of those mm. uh, aviation sort of... Uh, 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 stories. Okay, well, really good to hear about uh, what you've done. Sounds like a, a, a wonderful move. It's really different, gets lots of attention, and you've preserved uh, in your own way a bit of our history as well. So, well done. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, no, I think we'll we'll enjoy it once we do get in it. Yeah, you'll Spend fly away. Hours sitting <laughs> on the deck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's that Frank Sinatra song? Come fly with me. You can play that. That's it, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Neil Mugford, owner, with his uh, wife Sue of the old uh, Air Force Seven Two Seven, now been uh, remade into a house, or most of it anyway. And did, did you mention? Um, well, I think you mentioned to me before we started chatting uh, that the forward part of the aircraft is on display somewhere. Is it at the Air Force Museum in Christchurch or something? Is it? It's yeah. It's not on display yet. I think it's still out the back until oh, okay. they get it set up. Yeah, that's going to be set. Well, supposedly they're setting it up so that you can go and sit in the cockpit and um, yeah, enjoy the experience. Well, I've actually been I've been on the first seven two seven ever made at um, at, at Seattle uh, back in two thousand and three, uh, and that's that was actually um, uh, rebuilt and flown to the museum in Seattle from Everett, where they made the the jumbos, and uh, because people knew it was the first one ever built. Um, a lot of crews have um, carved or scraped their initials and little messages in the cockpit panels. Oh, okay. It's really, well, I, I thought it, they'd be trained better than that. Say again? I thought they'd have been trained better than that to deface well, things like that. Well, I mean, I mean, now it's really cool because it's, uh, it's part of the display, oh, the sure. artifact on display, and they're probably... Probably a couple of hundred um, sets of initials and messages, you know, with, oh, with initials yeah. and, and years, you know, going back. Because I think those ones first flew, was it 68 or 67, your one? Yeah, 67, I think it was nice. 67, yeah. yeah. Well, the first one flew in 63. So, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and just another thing that you, um, Maybe you don't know is that there uh, of the, the the three that we had, there were only five of those models built for United Airlines, and they were the ones with the cargo door on the front. So they're part of a, a, um, a quite a um, a well known in aviation circles a set of uh, orders for United from Boeing back in the day. Right. Oh, so was the cargo hold in them before the Air Force bought it? Yeah, it was uh, uh, what they call a QC, quick change. So it had the cargo door on the front, and during the day they could roll the seats in. Air New Zealand had a 737 um, configured that way, so it had a um, cargo floor, but uh, the pallets used during the day had the seats 
on them that the passengers could sit in. And then at night, United w- would pull the um, the pallets with the seats out and use the floor to put um, containers of freight in. All right. So, so you uh, probably notice yeah, in the floor. If you look at the floor, you'll see that it probably had has the remnants of a cargo um, anchoring system on it. Yeah, I think that was more in the section that we didn't get because the, ah, okay. the, all the seat runners were all stole just in the section that we've got. You know, the the wee aluminium locking channels. Oh, okay, yeah, they might have um, um, divided up the cabin when when we got it here, but mm. back in the day it was uh, it could haul cargo. So anyway, that's another little interesting factoid. Well, yeah. great to uh, chat with you. All the best with it, Neil. Great effort. Really cool. Thank you for that. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.